Hello, welcome to another LP podcast. This is Scott Powers. I'm joined today by Mark Lazarus, as always. And today we have a guest, uh, Boston uh, athletic writer, Joe McDonald. Joe, welcome. Good to have. Good to have. Good to have. Good to have you. Do we have an interpreter for Good him? to be here. Well, you were making fun of the Boston accent or the made up words earlier. It's the accent. It's the words. I can't navigate your city. It's just a mess. I agree in all aspects of that. I don't know if anyone out there has ever worn a winter hat or a toque or a puffball hat. This freaking guy calls it a scally cap. Scally cap. Everybody calls it a scally we, I, cap. You know what? When I typed it into Google, the first thing that came up was scally cap Boston. <laughs> so it's one of those things that only you Bostonians in your own unique, let's call it special way, uh, come up with. Scally cap. I was kind of hoping that Bruce Cassidy was going to wear one today, you know, given the, the atmosphere. See, Joel Quenville would wear like the fedora, or no, those Ken Hitchcock would wear the fedora yeah. with those Letterman's jacket, go for the mm-hmm. old school look. You know? Yeah, that's what he had on yeah. today. He ended up having the fedora with the Bruins letter jacket, so... I won't give him too much grief for it, but I was kind of hoping to see the scally cap. I'm upset that the, I heard someone call it the Pinky Blinders look, which is a good show, but I feel like the whole like Irish uh, Irish cap and everything's all of a sudden been adopted by the Peaky Blinders, and that it's all... <laughs> see, Scott cap. used to wear one of those. I, I always called him like an old man golf hat. Like, you know, it's like... it's like a wool cap. Like, it's, like, it's like wool, or it's like got right. plaid. It's, it's very really Irish looking, and, you know, Scott loves all things Ireland, obviously. And he Scott used to wear it every day, and then Paul Scarbina, the Tribune, came around <laughs> and started wearing it, and all of a sudden, Scott renounced his Irish heritage. Well, no, it, just, it just felt weird, but, like, two of us walking around. Like, it became like, it became, like this gang, where it just became... Awkward. <laughs> when I covered the Patriots back in 2006, I used to wear mine almost every day. And I remember Tom Brady walked by one time. He was like, hey, Joe, nice hat. And then he started wearing a scallop. Oh, cap. yeah. You said Tom Brady's fashion goes. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I could and not And then he started dating what's your name, and everything went started going in Tom Brady's favor. Exactly. He owes everything See? to you. He owes everything to me. He would have been just another me. flame out from Michigan without you. <laughs> uh, so we're sitting here up in the press box of uh, Notre Dame Stadium under uh, the... the the ice is still lit here, and uh, I don't know what that building is, but it's lit up, and it's really nice. And that's the, the press dome. box across no, the no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dome. Oh, yeah, that's the Golden Dome. Oh, the, the Golden, golden Dome. dome. Yeah, you got touchdown Jesus out in the... the yeah, Mark used to cover Notre Dame, so yeah, I feel like you... Yeah, it's like my old stomp. They, they've renovated the place. It's much more... It's, this, this press box is beautiful. The old one was kind of... It's still in the true Notre Dame fashion, though. There were people in jerseys in the press box and cheering in the press box, <laughs> particularly when the Bruins scored. Which is I, that was the thing that drove me nuts about the Notre Dame beat is they let like the really rich alumni sit in the press box, like just like among the reporters, oh, wow. and they'd be like, "Yeah!" cursing and f bombing up and down the road whenever the Irish were doing something. I heard those people cheering today, but for the record. They're not it from Boston you? because I don't know who those people were. Because I, I, I turned around like, really? And there, and there were absolutely some Blackhawks jerseys in the press yeah. box today, too. So uh, other than John Dietz, I don't know who those people were. <laughs> i got to tell you, though, this is the first time I've ever, I've ever been here. And this is this is fantastic. It's cool. You know, the, 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 jum, the Jumbotron is new. This whole press box is new. But they've kept the, like, it's just wooden metal benches everywhere. Yeah. It's very old school, kind of like Lambeau Field that way. It's a cool place to see a game. And the second level, right, That uh, that's new because I thought you could always see touch, Touchdown Jesus from... No, he's, he's right there. No, I mean from the field. When you're down on the field, I always thought you I don't could think, see no, you never could. No, no. The, the second level is not new. It's always been about 80,000 seats. Yeah, okay. It's Stanley Cup hoisting Jesus this week. <laughs> Jesus saves, Bergeron scores on the rebound. <laughs> oh, I can't steal that from Gretzky. Come on. Espo. That was a big Espo thing. Oh, was it? All right. Yeah. 
Anyway. We've covered, uh, I think, 15 of these. And a 934 <laughs> is the number I came up with. The Black Ultra won a 934. Bet- Batman did say that they weren't likely to get it next year. Yeah, so. he didn't He didn't rule it out completely. Uh, Laz, well, I love well, how you're just well, punishing well, him with that question. Well, he, asked, he was asked about the Winter Classic, and he said, no, we don't want him to be two years in a row. And now I'm thinking to myself, he didn't say anything about the Stadium Series. <laughs> and the Hawks, every year they play an outdoor game. Like, I don't remember the last year they had 82 indoor games. So wow, I, I had I had to go back and ask, what about the stadium series? Because you know Colorado is going to want to play the Blackhawks yeah. in this game. Like they should get the Red Wings or yeah. or a team out west. But they're going to like it's just like when Minnesota. The reason the Blackhawks played that game at TS, TCF Bank Stadium in Minnesota a few years ago was because the Wild insisted. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because they basically said, look, if we're going to do this outdoor game, we need to sell that many tickets. We want to make sure the Blackhawks. That was the Blackhawks at the height of their powers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's such a big problem. I mean, look at this. The Blackhawks are in, uh, you know, second to last place. They spend most of the year in dead last in the league. There were 74, 76,000 people here, and 90% of them in red. I mean, the Bruins had a good turnout, too, because mm-hmm. how far it is. But, you know, we're two hours from Chicago. Yeah. We're two and a half hours from the North Burbs, and 72,000 well, people. I saw crowds the last two, two times I was there just because, largely because yeah. of the Blackhawks. Yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, everywhere you go, when you travel, they, 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 they have such a big fan base in, in so many places, and they haven't. And this was, you know, I had, I had heard just a couple of weeks ago that they were having trouble selling these tickets yeah. because I think they thought that. South Bend with Schaumburg and that they could just, you know, people could just pop out here and the tickets were so expensive. Yeah. But they still, they rallied and they sold it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give credit to Blackhawks fans. A lot of people, you know, not to suck up too hard here, but everyone always talks about how they're bandwagon fans and they're gonna lose. They're a, they're a bad team right now and they sold 76,000 tickets to a game. I love these events and I know some people think that it's kind of, it's wearing out and they overdo it with the stadium series and the heritage game that they have. Uh, but, I, I love these outdoor games. I think they're fantastic. The NHL does an awesome job with it. And, I mean, this atmosphere today was unbelievable. Yeah. And then when you have opposing players talking about the anthem, like yeah. David Poshnok after the game, uh, Tory Krug, like Tory Krug said that years from now when he looks back and at this event, he's going to remember the anthem. And it was it was awesome. And Connor Murphy said he goes, you know, the anthem at home is always amazing, but here it was like it was just that much crazier. Well, what's I, I mean, I, I make fun of these games like it's like a whole shtick me making fun of these outdoor games with the Blackhawks always being in them, and it is absurd how often the Blackhawks are in them. I mean, all the Northeast and original six teams, but every time when we come to one of these, it's like yeah, it's pretty cool. This is cool. It breaks up the and, I, and, and you know, we, 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 if it's once a year, even for the players, like yeah, they've done six of these now, yeah. but. Once a year, you know, breaks up the monotony of just this grueling, boring monotony. Well, I thought Dave's today, like, I mean, he's obviously played in a lot of these, and yeah. he's like, this was, like, this was the most it's exciting cool. one. Like, yeah. I mean, the actual gameplay today was really good. It was a know? quality game, yeah. Absolutely. It was like a real hockey game. It wasn't like, you know, like the Soldier Field game was amazing because it was a half inch of snow on the ground, but that wasn't hockey. And, yeah. of course, it's the one time the Blackhawks won one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, the Anais product was, I mean, it was the perfect, you know, it was... It was no sun. It was, It didn't rain. You know, the weather was was cold enough. Um, yeah, and the game was you know right from the start. I mean, the Bruins had two great chances in the first two minutes, and you know, today won't be remembered for Cam Ward's performance, but he, he kept the Blackhawks in it. And yeah, a lot well. of questions about whether he should have been the starter, and he was in it. And you and you have a tight game, you know, throughout until the end. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just say it's good. it lived up to the hype. I think a lot of people will be walking away, regardless if you're a Blackhawks Bruins fan, being like, "That was a good time." Yeah. And I was surprised that they didn't do an alumni game. I, yeah, I, I, I never know the reasoning. They, they sometimes have them and sometimes don't. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. If yeah, I, I was heard that the NHL. Yeah. You know, like I think the Blackhawks alumni association was interested, and in the Bruins definitely wanted to. And, and I, mean, I think the NHL said, yeah. "Yeah, 
Well, it, it wouldn't have gotten played anyway because it would have been yesterday and That's it rained true. all day yesterday, yeah. so it wouldn't have happened. Or maybe they would have played it at uh, Compton Rink indoors. Yeah. yeah, true. This game felt, I, I don't know exactly where the Bruins stand in the whole season, but it, it felt like this game is something that they they boost, they go forward for the Hawks. It probably stalls them a little bit from what they were, were heading and um, type of game that maybe... It doesn't change the trajectory, but it, it feels like it, it does something for what. Well, that's, what, that's what I wrote. Was basically it, it, it's Wait, odd. You, you wrote that? I, I oh, just damn. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just well, Scott asked me. He's like, oh, I'm talking about the Shamrocks and the Irish. I'm like, yeah, that was my lead. <laughs> but you know, this seems like this game actually felt like it mattered because the Blackhawks had won five of six. They were turning things around. They were starting to you know maybe claw a little bit out. And you know, Scott and I have talked a lot about how they're going to have to go on some crazy run, like 11 and one, 12 and one, to really get back into it. And this actually felt like a game that mattered, and I don't remember the last time the Blackhawks played a game that felt like it mattered. Like, this, this, this didn't feel like a novelty game. It felt like the Blackhawks really needed those two points, which is baby steps. That's progress in the right direction for the Blackhawks. Well, I felt, you know, I, I wrote a little bit about it yesterday, that 41 points thing about what the record they have to have. And the way I see it is that, you know, I forgot what it was. It was, uh, like, they have to go, like, 28 and... You said, you said they had to get like 94 points, right? Yeah, so what was it? Uh, so they, how many points do they have now? They have 38, I want to say. Um, Live TV. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there, there was math being done here. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I feel 36. like... 36. 36, so they, they need, what, 58? Yeah. So they need... So basically I wrote down they need to go 29 and 12. For, for, for comparison, the Toronto Maple Leafs, if they win their next two games, will have... 58 points yeah. in the first half of the season. So you have to play at that level. So the way I thought of it was that, you know, if you start looking, if you break it down by record, it means they have to go something like 29 yeah. and 12. And so you start taking those, like you just, they had a loss now, so they need to go, you know? Right. Like it, it, you and, and this up, is a game they could have won. Yeah, you I add mean, it up and it, it's it's going to be really hard. You can't, you can't. It, in 94, it, it could be more, it could be less. I mean, right. That was just the average. But you look like the play, like the, the, the play that Bergeron made where he tracks down David Camp on a short-hand break where he doesn't even let him get a shot off and turns around and scores a power play goal seconds later. That's... Not a season-changing game uh, moment for the Blackhawks, but that's a game-changing moment. Well, I think Taves had a chance way. to go up two nothing, right? With he the had a breakaway. Break Taves hit the post. There's like 90 seconds to go on a good look from the slot. Yeah. I mean, the Hawks could have slash should have won this game, and you know, in middle of November would have been, oh, there's another friggin' loss for the Blackhawks. But now it's like, oh man, they needed these two points. And from a Bruins standpoint, this is the type of game that can propel them for the rest of the way. They're right at the the midway point of the season, and they've dealt with so many injuries this year and uh, just the like the Peaky Blinders you know a little theme that they had going and you know Bergeron said afterwards that they decided that on Halloween night that they were going to do that as a team so you know you can see the Bruins starting to come together they're getting contributions from you know the younger core that they've been waiting so this type of game even though yes it's two points and it's a regular season game but this is a type of game for the Bruins that can really do wonders for them moving forward. And it's tough for them. They're chasing the two best teams. That and that's the divisions, yeah. you know, it's... Something the Blackhawks know from recent years with the Jets and... Oh, exactly. Play, I know. mean, you, you know, the Central was such a, a great division for such a long time, and, and, you know, they almost looked at at the East as, you know, the Atlantic as, like, eh, not a very strong division. But now it is. It really is. And the Bruins... They can't take any more stretches off. I mean, they need to play consistent hockey the rest of the way in order to, to get in. And this is the type of game that can really do that for Give me the sense of the East here, because you look at the standings, and it looks like it's a nine-team race for eight, eight spots. 
because there's a pretty big drop off after the Islanders. You get the Rangers, the Panthers, the Devils, the Hurricanes. Like they're kind of getting out of it. Everyone seems to think that Florida that was a, a, a chic pick early in the year, and it's like everyone's waiting for them to turn it on, and they're not turning it on. Uh, is there a sense that you know a, a playoff spot is 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 relatively safe for the Bruins? I mean, you know, you would you would think, and you know, whoever whoever came up with that, you know, if you're in the playoff structure by Thanksgiving, oh, Thanksgiving. American you know, Thanksgiving, you know, American Thanksgiving, <laughs> then you know, nine out of ten times, you know, you're safe, yeah, that sort of thing, but. The Bruins believe that they are a Stanley Cup contender, um, at least a Stanley Cup playoff contender. They showed that last year. That younger core is is older, more experienced, and from this point on, I really think that that's what they're they're obviously setting their sights on. Is that Do you think they can play with Tampa and Toronto? I think they can. Uh, they showed last year that they they could play with Toronto, and they shut them down. I guess McAvoy, having McAvoy out there is a difference. That, yeah, that hurts. Um, you know, he should be could be back uh, the next game on Thursday in Boston, which would be a big help for the Bruins. But, you know, Tampa is just so good. Yeah, and I really right think now. that, you know, this is the season where they Joey. finally I, get there. I, I'm on Twitter a lot, and I hear that Tuka Rask is the worst goaltender that's ever lived <laughs> in the history of the world. It's unbelievable. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. His, it's he, like Corey Crawford a few years ago. People just wouldn't accept that he's a yeah, good goaltender. Yeah, you know, and even last year when uh, – last season when he struggled at the start of the year, and historically he struggles at the start of the season. Um, and they've actually talked to him about that. Like, you need to come into camp in better shape. And so he took it to heart this year. But even last season when he was struggling a little bit and Anton Hudobin – you know, it was the backup, and he played, like, three games and won, like, three straight games. Everybody in Boston was calling, you know, for Bruce Cassidy to, to make, you know, Hudobin the number one guy. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. And then Rask came in, and he won something like 19 straight games or, or point streak, whatever it was. Um, but he's a good goalie, and, and he's struggled, a little, you know, at times this season. And that's why they went out and they got a lock. You know, they, they're they going to push each other. Um, but... I was actually surprised that Rass started this game. I thought for sure really? that Halak was going to go. Um, but Cassidy's, you know, his reasoning makes a lot of sense that if Tuca can kind of win this type of game on that big stage, then maybe that gets him going. Uh, and Rask was, was outstanding today. This was one of the best performances he's had all this season. I think Blackhawks fans, obviously, their most experience with Rask was the 2013 final. And I'm curious, <laughs> like, hashtag 17 seconds is like an iconic thing in Chicago. And uh, Boston, you know, maybe 30 years ago would have been another uh, uh, mortal wound to the psyche. But you guys have won 14 billion championships <laughs> in the last decade or so. Like, is that series, like, remembered? Like, is it like Vancouver, or the way they look at 2011, where it's like this emotional scar? Like, like that's that's the that's the peak, almost, for the Blackhawks, you know, run here. What is that moment thought of? Like, and is, it, is it still thought of in Boston? Oh, absolutely. And the big part of that is, has to do with Rask, because people will look back and say, you know, in 2011, Tim Thomas made the timely saves. Mm-hmm. He made the big saves, and you could go, and he stole games. And when you think of that series, Corey Crawford stole a lot of games. Took a rest. Should have won the Consmite that year. Yeah, yeah you know, I agree. He yeah. should have won the Consmite. And but Took a rest didn't. He didn't make that timely save. And 17 seconds, like you know, so that means something in Boston. Oh, they absolutely. They, they that recognized. I mean, okay. the the one. So the game tying one was was that the Pickle. one that that ping that. No, the go, the winning one was the one that Oduya hit the post. Right. And, uh, and uh, Boland. Exactly. So that one you really can't fault him on. I don't think. But the game tying goal, it was he needed to make that save, yeah. and he didn't, and that's what people remember is that 
he hasn't had the ability to win that big game and hoist the cup. And unfortunately, until he does, if that ever happens in Boston, then a lot of people are going to be down on I still think nobody has any sympathy for Boston, though. <laughs> All I think about that game, <laughs> that those moments are sitting in that Boston press room, and be like, that, that what just happened? What happened? Wait, what? Oh, what? what? I was writing about the first one, the second one happened. Like, what the? Like, I didn't see any. Well, I, I just think there's like 200 of us in that room. You know, none of us were watching it from the, because that elevator at TGT Garden is the worst elevator ever. So you had to come down to the second intermission, and Bickle scores to tie it. And we're like, oh, shit! We've got to scramble and change our stories on deadline. And I just happened to look up like a split second before, like as the puck was hitting the post, the Oduya shot. I look up and go, holy shit, he scored! Like, realize, I, and I see like 150 heads, like, pop up, what? It's the craziest night. My favorite part about that night was walking past the visitor's locker room at TD Garden and the Blackhawks just absolutely trashed <laughs> that place. I have never seen, maybe besides that my recycle bin, my recycle bin during the summer, I had never seen that many empty Bud Light bottles <laughs> ever in my life. I mean, oh my God, it was unbelievable. This podcast is going to be more popular in Chicago than Boston tonight. I think. <laughs> well, it's one of the first times I met you because we went to. Uh, uh, Who's part did we go to? Oh, the, uh, Steve Levy's. Steve Levy's. Yeah, bar. the greatest. Like knock on some door to get in, and yeah, it's kind of. A, oh, I've been to that place. Yeah, I didn't go that night. Yeah. I, I remember that place. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we. It's kind of a, it could be a speakeasy at times. A bit, yeah. I think uh, we walked out of it and the sun was up. I went straight to the airport basically. <laughs> yeah, I had like a seven a.m. flight, and I and I and my paper. It's the Sun Times. Like, yeah, so we're gonna do an ebook, and we need you to write a two thousand word intro by tomorrow morning. I'm like, what? I just wrote like the most difficult game story of my life, the biggest story I'll ever write. And now you want what? Uh, so I had to write that on the plane. The next day. I actually went. I actually went home and went and went back to the hotel and slept that night, which was you know goes against every fiber of my being. As a no, I I literally I think I walked in the front door of my house at seven a.m. <laughs> I, I really and I remember walking in in the the uh, that fall letter network that we used to work at Scott. <laughs> they called me that day and they wanted me to do a, a live hit and. I like, there's oh, no way in hell. Visine <laughs> actually works. That's the first time I ever used it. <laughs> the, the Bruins are one example I think the Blackhawks can use where they they, they hit some rough patches in ways that you can still win with some of your They core. retooled, didn't rebuild. Yeah. yeah. I think that's... You look at they got Bergeron, and Chara, Chara Marchand. They have this, the same core that they had, you know... Uh, several years ago, yeah. just like the Blackhawks have Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook, mm-hmm. and, but you know you got to you know Debrinket's not quite Pasternak, uh, but you, you need someone to be McAvoy. You, you need, yeah, you need you need Yoki Haru to be McAvoy. Yeah. You need all these things. Like the Bruins have had so many young guys pan out so quickly. And Charles as a defenseman team. is, I mean, he, I think he's, he's found he, other ways to yeah. be effective still. Yeah, he's still a, a solid shutdown defenseman. I mean, it, it's his size, right? I mean, his size is just right. so big, and plus he's just a. a a fitness freak. I mean, the guys. It's unbelievable how, you know, how well this guy maintains his his health and his uh, his just ability to play at this level. But you're right, and you're gonna give you know, Don Sweeney credit. And you know, back in 2015 when he got those three first round picks, and you know, he had other plans for that, but uh, didn't work out quite as well as he wanted to at the draft. Uh, but to his credit, and Look, they have that, gotten like Barzell and Debrinket or something like it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was obviously the. I mean that was <laughs> like they, they picked three in a row and then Barzell went. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> they had three, but even then, we everybody was shaking their head like, "What is Don Sweeney doing?" And look, we knew that the original plan was he gets those those three first round picks and he wanted to trade up because he wanted to get Noah Hannafin. That was the defenseman that he wanted, 
and obviously Carolina didn't want to do that at that time. So that's what, what are the three picks? So it was uh, DeBrusque, uh, Zaboral, and Sinitian. Okay. Those were the three. So Sinitian is in the American League right now, and he is he's on he's on the fence. He still has a lot of you know honing of the skills. Scotty Bowman loves him. I yeah. talked to Scotty Bowman during the uh, the rookie camp last year, and he was raving about him. Uh, but DeBrusque, you got to admit, I mean, he has he's done an unbelievable job playing with David Krejci, and that's not easy to do. Um, and he's done a he's going to be a, a good player in this league for a long time. So and doing this while trading Tyler Sagan, still, you know. right? Yeah. <laughs> now you know why they <laughs> traded Tyler Sagan with uh. <laughs> with the recent comments coming out right. of Dallas. Worth it. Um, so what's interesting though, because I remember last year at the All Star Game, I kind of wrote this story. I mean, I went to all the Bruins and all the Kings. The Kings had a great start to the season last year, and I'm like, oh, this is the model for the Blackhawks. They can they can fix this on the fly and get good again, uh, because the Bruins have done it. And the Kings and I talked to them, and Kopitar was great. He's talking about how they how much better it's and 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 everyone responded to my story by saying, yeah, look, they both fired their coaches by the way, because mm-hmm. everyone was on the fire Q brigade back then. But it's interesting because the Bruins did it and it worked. The Kings did it and it was like smoke and mirrors. They didn't have any young guys coming up. Like you really need, and that's what we, we keep. And Kopitar hasn't had the same season. No, he's had a much a much different season this year. He was so good last year. He yeah. was the model for Tavis this year. But you know the Blackhawks need so many young guys to pan out the way the Bruins have. The and Bruins have picked well and developed quickly, and you need that from Dabrinkit and Yoki Haru and then Boquist and Bo- all these guys are going to have to do that right away. And a big part of that too, Laz, is is the fact that like Bruce Cassidy had a lot of these kids when he was coaching in the American League. And there's Jeremy Collins. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it worked. And that seems to be you know the NHL is a copycat league, right? And it seems like that's the new trend because now you have like look at. The Flyers, like they were a mess. So what do they do? They bring up Scott Gordon, right? Um, and because he the Lightning did that with John Cooper five years ago, did it with John ago. Cooper. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan did it, and they won two yeah. two cups in Pittsburgh. So you're starting to see that trend because the league's getting younger uh, for numerous reasons, including the salary cap. So you have to you have to you know get these kids to develop quicker. And, and find coaches that can relate to them. Exactly. And that's why a, a team like the New York Rangers went out and hired David Quinn uh, for that reason. So um, I think what you're seeing now in Chicago with all these changes, I think it could take the same ro- route I think that that's the, the Bruins. Model. That's what they're hoping for is mm-hmm. to be basically the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got anything else for you? Uh, we're in Boston and... Uh, Laz will be in Boston in a, in few, a few weeks. Few we'll weeks. go to the greatest. Yeah, take me. I'm there. Uh, Joey will be at a, at a pub soon enough. Soon enough? Soon, soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, I'm going to a game in Nassau College. I, I am covering, in, in this week alone, I was at a game at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, a football game, then a hockey game in a football stadium. <laughs> and now, the day after tomorrow, I'm going to be at the place I basically grew up and learned to love hockey, the Coliseum. This is a banner week for me. Nice, nice. An eventful. I, I'm, I was genuinely, genuinely more excited about going back to Nassau Coliseum than I was coming here. No kidding. Like that's like I never thought I would see that place ever again. Man, I love the atmosphere of that place. It's, it's great. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's like it's it's a dump, but it's like my dump. You know, yeah. that's where I grew up. Like I miss Shea Stadium for the same reasons. It, City Field is a million times better than Shea Stadium, but Shea was my shitty stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've you know we're pretty spoiled in Boston, so I'm not gonna. 
I gotta go there. Well, it's like Fenway. When you know, if, if, mm. if they ever move on from Fenway, it's going to be a much nicer place than Fenway Park. And they but will. it won't be Fenway. Park. It won't be Fenway. You won't. It won't have the atmosphere. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. But they will at some point soon. Fenway has a shelf life. At some point, like it's going to be like a safety issue where like the stadium. It is. Fall apart. You know, and you know, ownership has said, look, we know that there's a a timetable here and yeah. they've renovated it and they've added to it as much as they can. They can't do anything. I wonder if that ever happened with Wrigley. I mean, they're, they, they, they keep like rebuilding it up because nobody wants to even think about not having Wrigley Field. But. You know, I don't They put so much into it. Yeah. Now. I, I can't it's got you got to get a lot of years out of all this. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think Boston does, you know, doesn't have as long as, as Wrigley does, but, um, are we getting a rematch of Super Bowl twenty? Is it going to be Patriots Bears? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> on no, either end or just I, your end? I don't think on this, on this <laughs> end. I don't think on on Foxborough is is going to be celebrating anything this this season. Uh, but you never know. I mean, Brady Belichick. Who knows with these guys? But and Eli uh, Manning's not in the playoffs. And, tonight, so. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> Joey, thank you for uh, for joining us. No, it was great, guys. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll read all your and Fluto's work on uh, the Athletic Boston. And we will upload this to YouTube with some closed captioning so people can understand Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I was really worried after his first sentence. I was I thought maybe he drinking, but we didn't know about it. <laughs> I was looking for something before we came in. I couldn't find it. Uh, and we'll have uh, multiple stories up on the uh, Athletic Chicago this yep. evening. And uh, we do promise to do more podcasts in 2019. Yeah, we're going to figure out a way to do it remotely. We have, we have a logo, we have a logo and we're going to have uh, our own channel soon. and Some exciting stuff. You sound excited. Yeah. You always sound I'm excited. Re- I'm ready to go home. <laughs> You're a bubbly guy. <laughs> I've had this like, cold for the last week and a half. Um, for uh, Joe McDowell and Mark Lazarus, I'm Scott Powers, and this is the LP Podcast. Take care.